0: It's Tuned to Yesterday, bringing you shows from radio's golden era. Welcome, I'm your host, Mark LeVanier. In this hour, romance programs of the past. Later on, we hear Lily of St. Pierre on the Damon Runyon Theater, but right now it's the Theater of Romance. The CBS broadcast first heard on January 29, 1946, features Earl Ross and Shirley Temple in the play Cradle Song.
1: Tooth powder,
2: breath that's sweet, and halo shampoo to glorify your hair. Bring you Shirley Temple in your theater of romance from Hollywood. <laughs> Shirley Temple appears in The Cradle Song, last seen in New York, starring vehicle for Eva Legallion and Josephine Hutchinson. And here is your star, Shirley Temple.
3: With the convent like, a whole series of pictures rises before me. I see once more those cool gray corridors, and the nuns moving slowly and gracefully along them. I see the garden and smell the heavy, richly flowered perfume of countless summer afternoon. I see the nuns sitting there, the sunshine hailing in their heads, and making a blinding radiance of their crucifixes. And I see the chapel in the quiet dusk and the long rows of heads bent about me. And I hear the soft music of voices chanting desperately. It's a little like a dream to me now, but it's a dream that I shall always kneel before. That convent was home, and those Dominican sisters were mother, family, everything to me, one more than the other, Sister, Sister Joanna of the Cross. She often told me of the day they found me on the convent steps. She and Sister Marcella were sitting in the garden. The sudden jangle at the gate bell, and then silence.
4: Will you ask who was there, Sister Marcella?
3: Yes, Sister Joanna.
4: Ave Maria purissima. Ave M- Maria purissima. Try right again. Say it louder. Ave Maria purissima. That's strange. Could be the spirit. Oh nonsense! It's some little boy who rang the bell just to be funny. Peek through the grill and see if anyone's there.
3: It looks like a bath. Shall I turn it and bring it in? Of oh, course. It must be a gift for the reverend mother. The good sisters never opened the gate. There was a wheel around at the foot of it, on which parcels could be deposited, and which could be turned on the inside to bring the parcels in. And so, in that manner, when I was only a few weeks old, I was added to the convent. Sister Joanna told me many times how all the nuns gathered, including the Reverend Mother, who took one quick look and immediately summoned the village doctor. There was a note tied to the basket, heartbreakingly short. I have no money
5: to take care of her and my baby. Her father is dead. Pray you by everything you hold dear, my lady, that you will protect her and
6: keep her with you in this holy house and that you won't send her to an orphanage Or an asylum. I ask this in In
3: his name. name. They stood there a long time studying my mother's note.
7: Poor woman.
3: Poor little baby. She's a lovely baby. A lovely baby.
4: I would be glad to care for her. You, Sister Giovanna? I've had six brothers and sisters younger than I.
7: I'm used to children. What do you think? I think somebody has made you a very handsome
5: present. What can we do about it? When we enter this holy rule, we renounce our rights. I don't know whether I could adopt the child legally. You couldn't,
7: but <laughs> I'm willing to adopt her and then entrust her to your good care, if it is your wish.
5: It is our wish.
3: And in that manner, they opened their arms and took me in. I remember, I remember first of all lullabies. Lying in the darkness, watching a flickering candle, listening to Sister Joanna's.
4: It's time for Best Sister Joanna. Shh. I think you'd I should think she would be. That child was into everything They always are when I learned to walk.
1: I remember
3: running down the hill outside the convent, running as fast as I could, pretending I was a bird and that I could fly. I remember lying on my back in the field, staring up at the sky and wondering what was beyond it. (laughs) I remember a long succession of torn dress, mangled stockings, and skinned knees. Teresa, just look at those stockings. What happened to you?
1: I fell down. What
4: were you doing this time?
1: I saw a dog outside the gate, and I chased him. I fell down, and he laughed at me.
4: And what did you do?
1: I laughed back.
3: I remember lessons, interminable lessons. So that straight, Teresa. That's not straight. Rip it out and do it over. Have you studied your spelling, Teresa? Have you learned your catechism? Have you mastered your multiplication table?
1: Three times six is 18. Four times six is 24. Five times six is... 29.
4: No, Teresa, try again.
1: Five times six is 31.
4: You still have one more choice.
1: 30. Five times six is 30. Yes,
4: darling. Five times six is 30.
1: Does anyone care, Sister Joanna? I
3: remember fast days and feast days, the ordinary days, holy days, I remember trying so hard to be good, but always managing to get into some kind of trouble. And I remember great kindness and great understanding. And above all else, I remember 18 years of a slowly growing hunger to learn more about the world beyond the convent walls. Teresa,
4: Teresa,
3: what on earth has happened to your dress? (laughs) I'm afraid I fell out of the acacia tree again. Oh, Teresa, what are we ever to do? But it's so beautiful up there. Why, I can look down over the whole village and up at the whole sky. Sometimes when I'm up in the acacia tree, I feel like a conqueror surveying his kingdom. Sometimes I, I feel like a fairy tale princess waiting and watching. For what? Why, for the prince, of course. Oh, for the prince. I shall never forget how she sat that day, staring straight ahead of her, her eyes full of pain. I realized then, for the first time, that Sister Joanna had been hoping that I would enter the convent and join the Dominican Order. And because I loved her, I began to think about it. And then, a day or two later, I went to my father's house on an errand. Now,
7: did you tell Sister Marcella, she's to take a tablespoonful of this after each meal and no nonsense about it.
3: Does it taste bad?
7: (laughs) Yes. But the worse it tastes, the more good it'll do her. She'll get well faster so she won't have to take it. (laughs) I'm afraid, sister, Marcella's a bit of a hypochondriac.
4: Oh, I don't think so.
7: (laughs) Well, you're entitled to your own opinion, of course. And now then, here are the supplies for the infirmary. Oh, you'll never be able to carry all of these alone. I'll get Antonio to help you. Antonio? My cousin's boy. He's staying with me a few weeks. He's a nice boy.
3: How my father, so wise and astute a man, could be so casual about Antonio, I'll never know. Nice. Antonio. Antonio was strong and broad-shouldered and his face. His face was the one I'd dreamed about and watched for from the top of the acacia tree. We walked home through the village streets as the sun was going down, and I found myself thinking, I'd like to go home like this every evening. And for the sake of that walk, home was not the convent. Home was a house and a hearth fire and Antonio coming in the door.
5: Cat got your tongue? You've hardly said a word.
3: No, I was just thinking.
5: You're a strange sort of a girl.
3: Am I? I don't want to be.
5: And you look like a very good little girl.
3: I'm not very little. I'm 18. Ooh, all of that.
5: My goodness.
3: How old are you? 21. I suppose that's a great deal, old.
5: Oh, a great deal. Is 18 old enough to go to a dance?
3: Well, I I suppose it is. I've never been to one. I don't know how to dance.
5: Would you like to learn? There'll be a dance tomorrow night. Do you think you could go with me?
3: Well, you'd have to ask my father, and then he would have to ask the sisters, and then then they'd have to discuss the matter, and then they approve.
5: They would ask me. And if I pass all the other boards and it gets as far as you, what will your answer be?
3: I have to hurry in. That's the Belford Chapel.
5: Put the packages
3: on the wheel here. I'll turn it around when I get inside.
5: Will you come?
3: Yes, of course I can.
5: I hate to see you go. You don't seem quite real. I wonder if I will find you again.
3: I hope you will.
5: A dance,
7: Antonio? Well, no, I don't know. A dance, did you say? Well, I shall have to speak to the Reverend Mother.
5: A dance, Doctor? He wants to take Teresa to a dance? Well, I shall have to speak to Sister Joanna.
4: A dance, Reverend Mother? Well, I I don't know what to say. We'd better call everyone together and discuss it. Dance, Teresa. Very much,
3: if you would not think it sinful of me.
4: My child, it is not for me to pass judgment on the pleasures of the world. I've never danced myself, but I'm sure there are many fine people who have. Have you wanted to? Perhaps when I was very young, before I entered the convent. I don't really remember. It's been a long time since I've even thought about things outside the
3: convent. This life is not enough for you, is it, my child? Sister Joanna, I love it here. But I love it outside, too. There's always something exciting happening. Outside, there are lights and laughter and people. Outside, it seems to me, everything sparkles. I know I'm disappointing you, and I'm sorry.
4: Don't be sorry, Teresa. Each person must decide for himself how he wants to live. Cannot cage a bird that wants to fly. I know how you feel. I couldn't love you and not know. The whole world is calling you now.
3: Yes, and I keep thinking of all the wonderful things to see and do. All the things that are outside, the oceans to cross, the cities to examine, the songs to sing, and the stories to listen to.
4: And Antonio.
3: Yes, and Antonio.
2: And now Colgate tooth powder and Halo Shampoo bring you the second act of the Cradle Song starring Shirley Temple as Teresa. <laughs>
3: Looking back on those weeks that followed, they seemed to be all laughter, all music, all beauty, and the world was mine in the way I'd dreamed about. Faster, Antonio, we can dance much faster. All right, hold on tight. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> ever see anything funnier in your life. The
5: more the old man pulled, the more stubborn the donkey got.
3: (laughs) He's probably still pulling.
5: Hey, look, there's a wishing well. Come on, let's make a wish. Here's a penny. What did you wish? That you'd never be any farther away than this. What did you wish? That everything would
3: stay this way forever.
5: Here, sit down. There's a speech I want to make, and I can make it better sitting down.
3: A speech? Well, that sounds solemn.
5: Well, oh, I've worked on it a long time. In fact, I've been working on it ever since I met you.
3: Mm, it's been almost six months. It must be a very long speech.
5: Well, it should be, but I'm afraid it isn't. It starts out like this. I know there are a lot of girls in the world, but... I've never seen anyone like you. Is that good, Antonio? Oh, that's very good, Teresa. Please don't interrupt. You make it even more difficult than it is. And then, in the middle of my speech, it says, I'm not half good enough for you, but I'll try very hard to be whatever will make you happy. And that brings me right up to the end of it. And the end is Will you marry me, Teresa?
3: Oh, Antonio.
5: Please don't tell me I have to ask your father who'll ask the Reverend Mother, who'll ask Sister Joanna, who will ask you. This is between you and me, and only your answer matters.
3: I shall be very proud to, to be your wife, Antonio. The days flew by. The sisters made my true and, and though they looked at me now and then with sadness, They said nothing about my leaving. And then at last, at last, it was my wedding day.
7: where are you coming from in such a hurry? You're all out of breath.
3: I was dressing the altar, Your Reverence.
7: Did that put you out of breath?
3: No, Mother. I wanted it to be all in white today. So I had to climb and cut some branches off the acacia.
5: Even on your wedding day?
3: Especially on my wedding day. Teresa, your father and Antonio will be here in less than an hour.
5: And you haven't even started to dress.
3: Oh, I will now.
5: This is a very solemn day, Teresa. You are leaving this house in which you have passed 18 years. Tomorrow you will be your own mistress, and you will have on your conscience the responsibilities of a wife. You must not take them too lightly.
3: I don't take them lightly. But I am taking them happily. All I can say to you is thank you. Thank you for everything you've given me. And most of all, for your devotion and your prayers. It will be
4: our constant prayer that your marriage bring you joy and happiness.
3: Oh, it will. Do you know how I want to spend all the rest of my life looking at Antonio, listening to him talk? His voice seems as if it had been talking to me ever since the day I was born. The first time he said my name, it was as though no one had ever used it before. He made it sound like music. I don't know if I can make you understand, but I love him very much. You'll come back. You'll come to see us often. Very often. We're going to miss you so much.
5: Yes, Teresa. We are going to miss you so much. There is a chapel bell. It's time for devotions. You must get dressed, my daughter. We will say goodbye here. You will be gone before we have left the chapel. Goodbye, my child.
4: God keep
6: you. Goodbye.
5: Come on, darling. we got to hurry if we're going to catch the train.
3: Yes, of course, Antonio.
7: What is it, Teresa? something wrong? I,
3: I just can't get their faces out of my mind, Father. If you'd seen their eyes when I left.
5: You had to leave someday.
3: Oh, I know, but... But I feel as though I'd I'd somehow deserted them. They look so lonely.
7: (laughs) You know, they looked like that to me once about 18 years ago. And I got to thinking and wondering what I could do about it. And I decided that maybe what the good sisters needed was a child around. Someone to guide and bring up their own in their own lovely footsteps. So I searched and so I found. And now, again, by the strangest coincidence, I know of another child, newly orphaned in the village.
3: And so, once more, a basket was placed on the convent wheel. Once more, the gate bell sounded through the stillness. And once more, there was no answer when Sister uh-huh. Marcella called. Uh-huh. And we stood in the gathering shadows, my father and my husband and I, and watched them take the basket in.
2: G. Holloway's adaptation of The Cradle Song, a presentation of the Colgate Tooth Powder Halo Shampoo Theater of Romance, will return to our microphone in just a moment.
1: Halo, everybody, halo. Halo
3: is the shampoo that glorifies your hair. So, halo,
1: everybody, halo.
2: Use halo shampoo if you want naturally bright and beautiful hair. soap shampoos, leave a film on your hair. But Halo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling soap film. The very first time you use Halo, you'll notice your hair glistens in all its natural brilliance. The deep, full, natural color and luster come sparkling through like sunshine through a clean windowpane. And remember, even in the hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather. Halo quickly carries away loose dandruff, grease, and dirt. Needs no lemon or vinegar rinse because Halo leaves no dulling soap film. Nothing to hide your hair's natural beauty. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to dulling soap film. Use Halo on your children's hair, too. Get Halo shampoo at any cosmetic counter. Remember, Halo glorifies your hair. So,
3: Halo, everybody, Halo.
2: Shampoo, halo. Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and halo shampoo to glorify your hair. Join in thanking Miss Shirley Temple for her performance as the star of The Cradle Song. Thanks, too, to David O. Selznick, producer of Duel in the Sun, for making her appearance possible.
3: Frank, before you announce the coming attractions in theater romance, I'd like to urge all Americans to consider the following facts. Between Pearl Harbor and V.J. Day... More Americans have died by accidents on the home front than were killed by the bombs and bullets of war. And the accidents in the homes outnumbered all others. We can and must stop this terrific toll. Here are just a few of the things that will immediately reduce accidents. Don't let rubbish accumulate. Don't permit electrical wiring to become faulty. Keep stairways clear and well-lighted. Keep sidewalks and yards clear keep dangerous drugs clearly marked and out of reach of children. If everyone will observe these simple rules, home accidents in 1946 will be enormously reduced. Good night and good listening to Theater of Romance.
2: (laughs) The Colgate Pete Cowder and Halo Shampoo Bulletin for the Future. Next week, Charles Van production of Theater of Romance brings you Warner Brothers' exciting story, Gentleman Jim, Starring the exciting star Errol Flynn. <laughs> followed by the endorsing play Death Takes a Holiday, starring the dynamic Paramount star Alan Rad.
1: <laughs>
2: the following broadcast, The Theatre of theater Romance, presents the startling mystery romance The Uninvited, with the star of Paramount's Lost Weekend, Ray Milan. Keep a date with Theatre of Romance for all the weeks to come. You'll always hear your favorite stars. These presentations of Theatre Romance come to you because of your enthusiastic recognition of Colgate tooth powder for a breath that's sweet.
6: And halo shampoo to glorify your hair.
2: This is your host, Frank Graham, saying goodnight and wishing you love, happiness, romance. <laughs> this is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: The Theatre of Romance Untuned to Yesterday from January 29, 1946 on CBS, featuring an 18-year-old Shirley Temple. She was in No Motion Pictures in the year of that broadcast. Previously, in 1945, she had starred in Kiss and Tell, based on the play created by F. Hugh Herbert in the character of Corliss Archer. And the radio program Meet Corliss Archer without Shirley Temple enjoyed runs on CBS through the 1940s and 50s. It's an hour of romance Untuned to Yesterday. I'm your host, Mark LeVonier. And now the Damon Runyon Theatre, featuring John Brown as Leading Man Broadway, in this April 24th, 1949 broadcast from Mayfair Syndication, the story, The Lily of St. Pierre.
8: The Damon Runyon Theatre. Once again, the Damon Runyon Theater brings you another story by the master storyteller, Damon Runyon. And this one, The Lily of San Pierre. And to tell it to you, here is Broadway. Thanks. Well, there were four
9: of us, including Louis the sitting in Good Time Charlie's little joint one Tuesday morning about 4 o'clock, doing a bit of quartet singing. Very low, so as not to disturb McNulty, the cop on the beat outside. We are about halfway through a song when this happened. In the cabin, in the canyon. canyon. That's, That's a
10: very pretty, boys. Burrow. Very pretty. I am sorry to bust it up. Don't reach for that rod, Louis. Don't. You do, and I'll make you look like a used punch board.
9: Jack of hearts? Why, I do not even know you are in town.
10: No, I guess not. How are you, Broadway? Uh, just fine.
9: Fine. And you? Tired.
10: <laughs> Louis, sit still.
11: Now, look, Jack, unless you and me have a few words. Sure.
10: A few words. Jack. What do you want, Charlie? Look, please do not make no trouble in my place. Please, Jack. Trouble? (laughs) This ain't no trouble at all, Charlie. I didn't think you'd have the nerve to come back here, Louie.
11: Jack, why are you making all the fuss about just a little... Don't finish
10: that, Louis. Don't finish it or I might put a period to it with this. Jack. I ask you, please, not here. I come a long way to do this, Charlie. I ain't particular it happens. You're crazy, Chuck. You you'll burn for it. It ain't worth it. No? Tell you what, Louie. We'll all sit here and I'll tell a story. And we'll let the rest of the boys decide whether it's worth it or not. Kinda of like a jury. What do you say? You
9: you mean you will listen to us? Yeah. You promised
10: this? I promise.
9: Jack of Hearts? I know you are a guy who never goes back on a promise. You have got that reputation. Okay, we will make the deal. Fair enough.
11: You guys are all nuts. There is a copper outside. He will hear the shots, and you will all be part
9: of the deal. You seem pretty sure what our answer is going to be, Louie. Even before we hear Jack's story. Yeah, he is afraid, Broadway. But I am
10: not. Okay. You all settle back, and I will spill the peace.
9: So there we sit, the six of us, and we wait for Jack to start his story. And what that story is, I will tell you in a minute.
8: back to the Damon Runyon Theater and the famous story, The Lily of St. Pierre.
9: Like I say, there we sit. Jack's Roscoe is pointed right where it will separate Louis's breathing from the rest of it. And Louis is staring down at the rod and sweating so that the stiff collar he is wearing just turns over. The rest of us are looking at Jack, who never takes his eyes off of Louis. And Jack begins as follows.
10: Maybe you guys remember about a year ago when I'm doing a job for John the boss.
9: Yeah, yeah, I I remember, Jack.
10: Uh Well, the job takes me up into Canada on a boat. We get into a little trouble with gendarmes and we make a run for it one cold night when it is raining. It seems that I get a bad cold and it gets worse. In fact, it develops into pneumonia and we pass out. Now, a guy with pneumonia is no citizen to have along on a tough job. So John, the boss, leaves me off in a place called St. Pierre. Remember it, Louis?
11: Look, John... Shut up.
10: Anyway, I get pretty sick. When I wake up, I find myself in a nice little house, listening to a funny kind of sound. Oh. Don't come no closer. Ah, you are awake at last. Good. Oh, oh, What happens to me? You are very weak. You are very ill, monsieur. Hey, who are you? I am Dr. Armand D'Ovral. Your friends leave you here. Oh, What's that noise? Noise? Eh? Oh, the fog warning. It is out in the harbor. Harbor? Where am I? the village of St. Pierre, Newfoundland. How long have I been here? Uh, three days now. But it is better if you rest, not talk. Are you hungry? Yeah. Hey, I am. <laughs> Good. But only broth at first. Then more solid food. Wait a minute, you. Oui, monsieur. Where are you going? To get you some broth. Uh-huh. Look. Any carpets around? Gendarmes. Oh, you speak French. You kidding? Just answer my question. Any coppers? But no, monsieur. Okay. But be careful. (laughs) Uh, But yes, monsieur.
6: Who's it? To eat. May I come in? I...
10: Just like that, you bust in, you... <sighs>
6: you better eat this while it's hot.
10: Hey, who are you?
6: I'm Lily. What's your name?
10: Jack. Jack of
6: <laughs> Jack of Hearts? Is that funny? Is that your real name? Jack is. Here, take some of this.
10: Oh, what are you trying to do? Boil me alive. It's hot. No. Ice cold.
6: Why is your name Jack of Hearts?
10: Why do you want to know?
6: Because it's it's an odd name.
10: Yeah. Ever play poker?
6: No. What is it? Card game. No. I've never played cards.
10: No. Well, any time I get a Jack of Hearts in stud poker, I stay in the pot and win. Get it? <laughs> no. And skip it. Yes. Hey. Yes? I'm sorry, I... Blew my top.
6: Blew your top?
10: Don't nobody around here talk English? I do. Yeah. Come to think of it, you don't talk like the old guy. Anybody'd think you're American.
6: I was raised in the United States, just across the border in a convent.
10: Oh. Say, who is the old guy?
6: Dr. Dorval.
10: Sure, he tells me that, but who is he?
6: My grandfather. When my father was killed, I came here to live.
10: Old man killed, huh? Run with a mob? What? Skip that, too.
6: The broth's getting cold. Grandpa says you've got to eat it. Where's he now? Downstairs. Why?
10: Just wanted to know. Your name is Lily, huh?
6: That's right.
10: Yeah. Look, why do you keep staring at me? You never
6: seen a guy before? Not like you.
10: I'm different or something? Yes. How? Oh.
6: I, I don't know. You just look different. Will you stop
10: gawking at me like I'm in a zoo?
6: I'm sorry, but... But what? I won't tell you.
10: Look, Letty, don't bring up subjects and then drop them. Why am I different?
6: I guess it's your mouth.
10: I'm sorry. I'll trade it in on something else. Maybe another pair of years.
6: You're angry at me. Me? Ah. Your mouth is hard. Why do you keep your lips pressed together?
10: Because I breathe through my nose. <laughs> now look, I...
6: <laughs> That's better. <laughs> now your mouth is like your eyes. Huh? Oh. Nice and pleasant.
10: Nuts. Beat it and let me eat my soup. Lily and her grandfather. You remember Lily, Louie. Jack, let's go someplace. Uh-uh, Louie. The boys here gotta hear the rest. Then they gotta be a jury.
9: We are listening, Jack.
10: Sure. But like I say, I meet Dr. Val and Lily. She's only 16. Pretty. With eyes that look like they're looking at the whole world at once. Well, a few days go by with Lily taking care of me, and then I get so I can use my pins without waddling around. The fog warning stops blowing, and it's pretty there. So one day I go downstairs and outside for the first time. Lily's in the garden, and
1: me. Jack!
6: Glad to see you.
10: Oh, hiya, Lily.
6: Oh, you're up.
10: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel like somebody goes over me with some rubber hose. Knocked out.
6: A few days of this, sir, and you'll be all better.
10: Sure I will. That the village over there?
6: Yes, that's Saint Pierre.
10: Yeah, it is pretty, ain't it?
6: Would you like to go over in the boat when you feel well enough?
10: No, I'll stay here.
6: Why don't you want to go?
10: I'll stay here, I said.
6: Oh, I've never been any place else but the convent and here. Sometimes I think I'd like to go someplace.
1: Yeah,
10: Lily. What, Jack? Don't. Don't what? Don't get that kind of idea in your not. In your head. You belong here. Like...
6: Like... Like what?
10: How do I know? I ain't Shakespeare. I'm going inside now. Good evening, Monsieur Jacques. Oh. Doc. I look for you. I miss our checker game. Sorry. Didn't feel like it tonight. You care if I sit by you here? Yeah? Why should I? <sighs> you like the view here, yes? Yeah. It is a lonely spot, but it keeps you company, may not? You're as screwy as Lily. Half the time, I don't know what you're talking about. I think maybe you are a lonely man, Jack of Arts. Who wouldn't be in this... You like it here, yes?
9: Sure. You pretend you do not, but you do.
10: <laughs> you got good eyes, Doc. Oh, I do not need eyes for that. <laughs> when is it you fall in love with Lily? You get screwier and screwier. She's just a kid, 16. She is a woman. Ah, I like you, Monsieur Jacques de Coeur. <laughs> what? Your name in French. What makes you think I fall for her? It is true, oui? No. You do not lie well, Monsieur Rack. (laughs) I like a man who does not lie well. As though he is uh, not accustomed to doing it. Brother, have you got me paid wrong? A what? You don't know me, is what I say. Uh, I know that you are brought here very sick. I know that the men who bring you here are very hard men. When a man's life is at stake, I do not ask questions. Will you go back to them, Jack of Hearts? What else? I thought perhaps... Don't think nothing. And as for that crack about me being off my rocker for Lily, that's a big yak. That's English for laugh.
9: Well, that is the story Jack of Hearts tells us so far. But there is more. Lots more. And what happens, I will tell you in a minute.
1: (laughs)
8: back to the Damon Runyon Theater, the famous story, The Lily of St. Pierre.
9: Well, we still sit there looking at Jack of Hearts, who never takes his eyes off of Louis de Love. By this time, Lou's collar is nothing like a collar, and his eyes are looking so hard at the rod pointing at him that they look like glass marbles. And Jack says as follows.
10: So I leave St. Pierre that night. Sure, the old man pegs me. I fall for Lily. A wrong guy and a right doll. Then sometime later, who is it runs into me in Chicago but this... Jack, please. Not yet, Louis. But you are hot at that time. You need a place to hide out. Where do I take you? Tell him, Louis. Where do I take you? St. Saint... Saint Pierre.
9: What? Jack, you mean you take him there?
10: But why? I tell myself it is to do him a favor until the heat is off him, but I... It is because I want to see Lily again and the old man. So we get to St. Pierre, and old Dr. Val acts like I am his son. He is that glad to see you? Jacques, oh, Jacques, it is wonderful to see you again. We miss you when you are gone, and you live without a world. Why? We'll talk about that later. Right now... Is it okay I bring a friend with me?
8: Oh, but yes, certainly
10: more, oui. don't get too happy, Doc. You ain't seen him. Oh, if he is, your friend He's mine.
6: Jack, Jack. Oh, Jack, it's so wonderful to see you again.
10: Nice to see you too, Lily. How have you been?
6: Why didn't you say goodbye?
10: I don't like to, I... Uh... Yes? You're different. A bit older, Jack. Yeah. A bit older.
11: Hey, what's going on? I'm sitting out there in the car like a pigeon.
10: Take it easy, Louis. Uh, this is Dr. Val. Doc, this is my friend. I am pleased and honored, monsieur.
11: Yeah. So it's is a joint, huh, Jack? <laughs> Brother, this ain't a hideout, it's a tomb. Shut up. Huh? Oh, sure. sure.
10: <laughs> you, babe? Her name's Lily. Get it straight the first time.
11: Okay, so I'll call her Lily. Uh, I'm gonna
10: give the place a case. Don't pay no attention, Doc. He shoots off his mouth all the time. I understand, Jacques. Yeah, I knew you would. You know, it's just like being back home again. <whistles>
11: Tomb three days here, and I'm talking to myself.
10: Keep it that way.
11: Sure, sure. How long's that racket
10: keep up? Until the fog's gone. How do you get any sleep? Tell you what, you don't like it here, why not hop back to the States? You'll run into lots of company. There are plenty of people to talk to, including a DA, maybe.
11: Okay, okay, no offense. I'm just going to stand in this burg.
10: Maybe you'll get to like it. Huh.
11: How'd you
10: find this joint? What's the difference? It's safe. Yeah. Only I'm thinking
11: it's funny. You top me up here, you know, a million other places. This is safer. Maybe prettier, too, huh? Meaning? The doll. What's her name? Lily? You hear me? I hear you. Mind if I turn on
10: the light in here? Leave it off.
1: Okay, okay.
10: (laughs) Think of a joke?
11: Yeah. Real funny
10: one. Like what? You ain't kidding me, Jack. Kidding? What am I kidding about?
11: The doll, the doll. Anytime a cookie like you holds up my joint like this is gotta be a good reason, okay? She's a good reason. Plenty good. I don't blame you.
1: <laughs> Why,
10: you'll cook you, you slug me. You wanna start cooking, Louis?
1: <laughs>
10: I get it. And keep it. Sure. <laughs> So you
11: fall for it, huh?
10: Do you tell her? No.
11: Okay, okay.
10: It was a nasty slug you put on me, Jack. Anytime you want to try to get it back, I'm here.
11: I would never think of it, Jackie. I would just never
10: think of it. It is about a week after what I just tell you when I am sitting down by the sea. It is a dark night, and just like before, old Dr. Bell comes and sits. Good evening, Jacques. Hiya, Doc. Jacques, I... I must talk to you. Sure, Doc. What about? Lily. Yeah? Anything wrong? I do not know, Jacques, but your friend... Louis? What about him? Is he the right man for Lily? Doc! What's been going on? You do not know? I don't. I swear it, Doc. He talks to her. Oh, Jacques, she's so young. She knows nothing of people and the world. Okay, that's enough. Where's Louis? With her. No, in the garden. Come on.
11: (laughs) Yeah, that's right, baby. There ain't no place in the world like New York. Yeah, there ain't. That's why you're going back, Louis.
6: Jack.
10: What are you, gumshoe? Get out of here, Lily.
6: No, Jack. We were just talking. I know.
10: Get out. Doc. Wardrock. Take her back to the house. Oui? Lily. Please?
1: I... All right.
10: Okay. Now.
11: What's eating you, Jack? So I'm giving a kid a line that don't mean nothing at all. Just passing the time. Yeah. Guy can go nuts here if
10: he don't find anything for laughs. We're leaving tonight. You're kidding. The heat's still on me. I'll buy you a fan. We're leaving tonight.
11: <laughs> Can't get the first base with it yourself, huh? That it? That's the second time you do that, Jack.
10: Want to feel a third? <laughs>
11: Okay, okay, forget it. Only let's get out of this boy.
10: So we get out that night, and I don't say goodbye to Lily and the old man this time either. But you get away, don't you, Louis? You find a hideout in Maine, then you go back to St. Pierre, you talk big to Lily... The kid thinks
9: you're on the level. So what happens, Jack?
10: One day, about a year later, I am in Detroit. I am standing on a corner when up comes little
12: Joe. Hiya, Jack of Hearts. Hiya, Joey. What's new? Nothing. Oh, I run into a friend of yours the other day. Yeah? Who? Louis were they So, what's he doing in Detroit? Dunno. Picked up with a mob, I think. Anyway, he leaves yesterday. That's Good. I'll enjoy the town better. Yeah, I know what you mean. That guy's the number one heel. Ditches some doll when she, uh, um, it gets to be too much trouble. She was a cute kid, too.
1: Huh?
12: Cute kid? Who? Uh, some doll he hits town with. <laughs> and him with a wife and two kids in St. Louis. Joey, what doll? What did she look like? Hey, let go my What's I You want the suit? I'll give it to you. What doll? What's her name? What's burning you? Give me the name, the doll. I don't know. Louise, Lillian. Lily? Yeah, Lily, that's it. Cute little trick. Black hair, eyes, big like manhole covers. Where's she now? For the love of Mike, let go Where is she? Well, from what I hear, the general hospital, I... Hey, hey, where you going? Now, oh, there's a guy really off the beat.
1: This is the charity
12: ward.
10: Please stay only five minutes. The other piece. Yeah, is... Doc, yeah. Five minutes. There she is. Where? I. Huh? That ain't her. It's a
9: mistake. I'm sorry. That's Lily Dobell. Remember, five minutes. Lily. Lily.
6: Grandpa?
10: No, it's me. Jack. Jack of Hearts. Oh, Jack. Look, kid. We're going to get you out of here. We're going to take you back to St. Pierre.
6: No. No, I, I can't go. No, Jack. you got to. I can't. I don't want him to know.
10: Him? Who?
6: Grandpa. I, he wouldn't let me leave. But Jack, please forgive me.
10: For what, kid?
6: For what? I, I told him I, I was going to meet you and marry you. He loved you, Jack. He, he wouldn't have let me go otherwise. Me? <laughs> me?
10: You mean it would have been all right for me?
9: Oh, kid.
6: Kid. Forgive me.
10: Sure. Sure, you. Wait a minute. Doc, Doc,
11: get over here. Please, please,
10: please be quiet. Listen to me, Doc. Will she get better? she? One more day at the most. Then look, get a minister, a priest, anybody. Get somebody to marry us.
9: And that is the story Jack O'Hartz tells. But it is not the end. There is still the payoff, and what it is, I will tell you in a minute. Like I say, Jack tells us the story, and when he is finished, we sit and look at him, and he says,
10: Yeah. I marry Lily. I take the license back to old man Dorval in case he asks. And I find she writes to him every week about how happy she is with me. Yeah, she is happy now. So is the old man. Because Lily is back in St. Pierre. Dead.
11: Look, Jack, I got no idea you're crazy about, it, kid. I swear I wouldn't have looked at her if I knew. You're a dirty liar. I tell you, I swear it. Okay, Broadway.
10: Charlie, what's the verdict? Uh, for
11: the lumber... Shut up.
9: Broadway. Jack, look. There was the old man. When he hears you shot Louis, and he will, he will wonder. And sooner or later, the whole story will get back to him. I... I never thought of that. All the while I hunt for Louis, I think only one thing. Maybe you wish to go back to the old man someday. Back to St. Pierre. I never think of that, either. I think you will be happy there, Jack of
1: Hey.
11: He's gone. Hey, Broadway, you saved my life. Come on, I'll buy your drink.
9: Please, buy it someplace
11: else. What? Come on, come on, break it up! Get out of here, Louis. You kidding Broadway? No, I am not. Get out, or I will
9: take great pleasure in throwing you out.
11: Huh? You want to get cooked? I got a to rod too.
9: Use it. Huh? Go ahead, pull it out. Use it on me, you dirty skunk. You are yellow from the top to the bottom.
11: Watch that, Balway. I'll cook you. All right.
9: You got the gun in your hand. Use it. And I still say you are a dirty skunk. And I apologize to all the skunks in the world. Why? I will see that this story gets to the right guys, Louis. Once you are a tough hood. But when certain citizens learn what you really are, you are done. Now, do you still wish to pull the trigger?
11: You are all
1: nuts.
9: Broadway. Yeah, Charlie? you get him plenty mad. A guy like him don't think of a copper outside. He could have plugged you and run out the back. I know he will not shoot me, even if he thinks of the copper. Because he is yellow. Besides, it is almost 5 o'clock. So? So? McNulty, who is the cop outside, goes off duty at 4.30. However, I will take a cup of coffee. Black.
8: And so ends another famous Damon Runyon story, The Lily of Saint Pierre. Listening again next week for
9: I will take a cup of coffee,
8: black. <laughs> And so ends another famous Damon Runyon story, The Lily of Saint Pierre. Listening again next week for.
9: I will take a cup of coffee.
8: Black.
0: A love story as only Damon Runyon could tell it on the Damon Runyon Theater on tuned two to yesterday from April 24, 1949, a syndicated broadcast. That wraps this hour of romance on Tune to yesterday. Be sure to be with us next time for more great programs from radios yesteryear. Until our next hour together, I'm Mark Levonier. Thanks for listening.